You're listening to Consolidate That. Ukraine is my motherland. It is now under a savage attack by Russia. Ukraine is shielding Europe and the rest of the civilized world from Putin's barbaric aggression. Ukrainians are brave and effectively fighting back. Let's help. Make a donation to Armed Forces of Ukraine. Link is in the show notes. Hashtag stand with Ukraine. Welcome back to Consolidate That, Ivan. It's great to see you. Uh, I think uh, this might be our a back-to-back episode that we have, that we have incredible authors that are joining us, which I think is, we, we used to ask for a book recommendation, and now we're finding the real source of the knowledge. So I'm excited about our, our guest today. I'll hand it to you to introduce him. Yeah, this is extremely exciting. This is one of the two biggest methodologies that we use in uh, Galaxy, and this is the author of one of the books that I've got really inspired by recently and creating the whole framework. So we have Bo Burlingham. Bo has been writing about entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs for 40 years, mostly for Inc. Magazine, where he served as executive director and then editor-at-large. Along the way, he has authored five books, the most recent being Finish Big, How Great Entrepreneurs Exit Their Companies on Top. He previously authored Small Giant, Companies That Choose to Be Great Instead of Big, which was a finalist for the Financial Times Goldman Sachs Business Book of the Year Award. That book inspired the Small Giants community, which he co-founded with Paul Spiegelman. He has written three other books with co-authors, including two with Jack Stack, CEO of Springfield Holdings Corp. That's the great game of business that we're going to be talking about today. And the pioneer of open book management, the great game of business, selected as one of the 100 best business books of all time. And a stake in the outcome and one with serial entrepreneur Norm Brodsky entitled Street Smarts. Bo, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure. I'm very happy to be here. So uh, just sort of as an opening to listeners, um, we are talking a lot about the management methodologies in here, and we incorporated parts of the technical big management systems such as Lean. Uh, we incorporated Safe, which is Scaled Agile Framework. We incorporated many smaller tools like design thinking in our process. So we're constantly looking for improvements in the management methodologies uh, because in the organizations like corporate consolidation, there's many processes that are weaved in together, and it's always a challenge to understand how to grow as an organization and systematize what you're doing. But the one of the most important components of what we're doing is the part that we think that's going to be a breakthrough in our industry is employee ownership. And historically in veterinary medicine, the veterinarians are the ones that are driving the business, obviously. And then they're the ones that could benefit from the commission-based pay or production or whichever way you call it, but essentially they can drive their production, but not necessarily the staff. And the challenge in our industry right now is that we do not, this, the talent is very scarce, and especially the technicians, which are sort of the nurses in the veterinary industry. And what what we thought is that by incorporating employee ownership, we uh, will engage people to then be a part of the business. And to my surprise, it wasn't that easy. It wasn't that easy to just say, hey, you have shares in the company through ESOP structure. And then all of a sudden, I thought everybody will just run and work hard and just strive <laughs> for that next goal. It didn't work. Um, so with that, we started to incorporate other things, which National Center of Employee Ownership recommended to us, such as implementing ideas. And we had a great author of uh, the book, Ideas Are Free, on this uh, podcast. And now we're lucky to have you um, with a great game of business. And I want to 
to ask you to maybe describe in a couple of sentences to the listeners, what is it? What is the great game of business? And uh, how did you and Jack Stack stumble upon this? Well, uh, I would say that Jack Stack invented it. I stumbled upon Jack Stack. His idea was basically that that if you own a business, there's no reason that everybody else in the business can't understand what you know. In other words, that basically there's no reason not to, to be hiding the information about how the business makes money and generates cash. And that if you have everybody in the business who has that knowledge and is working together, you're going to have a much more powerful company. You know, just think of it this way. If you have a typical company, let's say 100 employees and uh, five or 10 of them sort of really know what's going on in the business and the other 90 or 95 are waiting to be told what to do and they're competing against another company which has 100 employees and all 100 of those employees are tuned into the same thing and working for the same thing and focus on the same. Well, which of those companies is going to be more successful? Which is going to, you know, it, it's obvious that if, if you take advantage of the brains essentially of uh, everybody in the business, you're going to have a much more successful business. And that's been borne out time and again, actually. There are many, many people that have adopted the great game of business. There are many companies. We, we, there's a conference every year where we get about five or 600 people. And, you know, I, I guess over time we've, you know, we have hundreds, if not thousands of companies that have adopted this. And basically, if you adopt it and you really implement it the way it should be implemented, you'll never go back. So th there's two components that I think that are sort of foreign to any other form of business that, that I picked up from it. One is you educate your staff that is not necessarily in the finance department on finance. You know, it, it was interesting to think in our industry, so the typical vet hospitals would have manager who usually educated on finances, veterinarians that are sort of understand it, but they don't really get the details of it. They just, you know, they're good at treating patients unless they're owners of the practice. And then you have the nurses or the technicians, and then you have CSRs or uh, receptionists, and then you have the kennel staff. And then you can't even think of explaining to these people the finance. And uh, so that that's a one foreign concept. And the second foreign concept that we found out is that then once they understand how the finance works in the clinic or in any business, then you do open book management and, oh my God, you show your revenue, you show your profit, you show your you know expenses. How do other companies react to this concept? Because I, you know, as I start talking to others about it, there's an allergic reaction and then there's fear. Why would we show this to our staff? They either would tell our competitors or, you know, they will find out that we're doing too great or they will find out that we're doing very poorly and we lose these employees. So I'm sure that those are all the thoughts that are going through people that are applying this to their business. How do you find people react to those two concepts? Well, I, I would say that in terms of the fear that you mentioned, those are all very common and uh, they come up. And, you know, the fact is, you know, if you're in the veterinarian business, the chances are that if you knew the numbers of the other veterinarian businesses, I don't know how much that's actually going to help you in terms of being competitive. But the real challenge is to get your employees to care about the numbers. Most people who care about numbers become accountants. Uh, if they've chosen another line of work, they, they probably look at the numbers and their eyes glaze over. I think Jack Stack's great insight here was to basically tell people, look, people 
think that business is complicated, that you have to have an MBA or something like that to understand it. And he said, basically, that's not true. Business is a game. And as an endeavor, it's, it, that's what it is. And, and he said, like a, any game, in order to play it, you have to, number one, know what the rules are. Number two, get enough information that you can follow the action and keep score. And number three, you have to care about whether or not you win or lose. In other words, you have to have a stake in the outcome. And that basically, if you set up the business so that those conditions exist and so that everybody has an incentive to learn about the numbers, basically what happens is, is that you know all the tools that you use, a bonus plan, for example, becomes an education tool. Because basically, the strength of your business is going to depend on how much your people in the business understand about what it takes to be successful. Once they understand what it takes to, you know, generate revenue and and to earn profits, it it just it changes everything because the way that they go about whatever job they have, they're going to incorporate that knowledge into it and though it'll be there for them and and that's what they will be applying and the, the business will do better and that's really the goal. So, Bo, something that was kind of interesting to, if, you know, if we turn the page to a, another book that you have, right? The idea that great is instead of big, yeah, right? It's sort of the idea. And as, as people that are working in a space that consolidates businesses, right? Yeah. Veterinary consolidation market is taking small businesses and putting them into larger businesses. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the way that you know, people could look at that. You know, I, a lot of times as we look at growing businesses and increasing the size of consolidation, we think of, I don't know, even things like NVIDIA, who just hit a trillion dollar mark briefly this week and mm-hmm. became the fifth mm-hmm. trillion dollar business that now is what growing to be too big to fail almost. But how, how does that work in the idea of being great versus being big? And how would you approach that for consolidation? Perhaps. Well, the, the first thing is really the easiest, which is just simply recognizing that being a great business is different from being a big business. You know, if you have a big business, you may or may not have a great business. Uh, if you have a small business, you may or may not have a great business. But most important question that everybody who owns a business should ask themselves, what is it that makes a business great? The different people will have different answers to that question. Some people may think, that in order to have a business great, we have to grow and get big. Okay, that, that's a legitimate thing. I mean, I don't make judgments about that. I'm just saying that th- there's a tendency in our culture to think that if you start a business and you grow it, you know, that the whole idea is to make it as big as possible. And that's not true. It, it doesn't have to be true. It can be true if you think that that's essential to having a great business. But for most people, it really has to do with the what I looked at with the companies I wrote about in Small Giants. You know, these were all companies that were growing, but what they focused on were the relationships that they had with all the people they came in contact with. In other words, their customers, for sure, their employees, absolutely, their suppliers, the, the communities in which they operated. And if they wanted to ha- make sure that those relationships were really solid and that they were really contributing to making those the, the lives of those people better. And for them, whether they were the biggest company in their business or not, if if they were, you know, having that tremendous positive effect on all these different people who they came into contact with, then they would be satisfied and they would feel that that in fact they've built a great business and they have. So that's really what the book is about is basically 
you know, if I had to sort of reduce it to one sentence, I would say that this really focuses on a question that every business person should ask themselves, namely, what would make this company a great company? What would make me feel that I have built a great company? So that's that's very interesting because I, I kept thinking, so, you know, I've been in veterinary business over 20 years, and I always was puzzled, how can employers motivate employees to be more productive, more successful, you know, and then strive for better business without incentives when there's incentives that are not aligned and there are intrinsic and extrinsic motivators but but it's interesting then you know it, it looks like at some point if you do want to open up all of this and make your business great you need to share the outcome in one way or the other because what i find and another thing that is particular peculiar about the veterinary industry we have a tremendous burnout in our domain uh, veterinary medicine mm -hmm. is actually highest in suicide rate at the moment we surpassed this oh. yeah in a couple of years ago so veterinarians are four times more likely to commit suicide and our organization is fighting burnout through management methodologies and it's so interesting that the great game of business and other concepts that we're talking about here they actually provide a lot of instruments that help to fight that because providing people with autonomy in the workplace providing with the environment where there's trust when there's lack of favoritism when there is fair uh, treatment of people that then drives the intrinsic motivation because people like what they're doing that actually prevents the burnout so it does both and it seems like the great game of business is helping with that because you are driving the specifics of what people know how they do just like in the sprint field holding they were rebuilding the engine and, and people could drive what parts to throw out what parts to replace in veterinary medicine whoever is doing the anesthesia on the patient they know what substances to use for anesthesia what not to use how much gauze to use how to save on the procedures so you're allowing them to be autonomous in how they improve the business but it does it's just we use both instruments we use ESOP as well as the bonus structure and mm -hmm. drive both sort of long-term effects and the mm -hmm. ownership concept as well as the short-term gains that you mm -hmm. gamify through the great game of business and that's our philosophy and then we do make sure that the business is hitting the budget and everything mm -hmm. above the budget is what the bonus structure is compensating them with so they need to drive mm -hmm. the the business to the budget so i can report to the investors but on the other side they know that they, if they go above and beyond then there's something for them in a long and short term the question that I have is that, have you seen any application of all of this where businesses do not share either the bonus structure or the ESOP and drive just sort of on a, you know, on emotion, if you will, because I couldn't understand how can you have an open conversation and show the finances to someone and then saying you have to work harder and more so I can buy a new boat next year. That's what right. doesn't motivate anybody. No, nobody so, works hard to, to make other people rich. Right, exactly. <laughs> so is that that's a given, isn't it? In any of these structures, you need to create an environment in which there's something for everybody. Well, let me go back to the uh, comment that you made about the burnout in, your, in the industry and the high level of suicide. People have suicide because they've lost meaning in their lives. That's what we all strive for, is that we want our lives to be meaningful. And if our lives are meaningful, then we have something to live for. The thing about creating a business where you're working with other people, I mean, what is a business? A business is a group of people who are producing either a product or a service that is so good, other people want to buy it. And in fact, if they like what you're doing well enough, 
they'll pay you more than it costs you to create it. That's what profit is. Profit is applause. And if you have people who are all working on that together, that's where the meaningfulness of what they're doing and how they're spending their lives comes from. If you're someone who is consciously making a difference in the lives of other people, positive difference in the lives of other people, that's where the meaning comes from. That's what you're doing. You're, you know, it's all about service, really. I was born in Soviet Union. I'm originally from Ukraine. This is where there was nothing based on the uh, bonuses or anything else. You got a little flag or a pin if you <laughs> succeeded. So is there is there a structure where the business owners can get away without sharing the profits or the bonus structure, something like that? Or is it because this is what our industry is doing for the most part, the technicians, the receptionists, they never see a penny from the outcome that they're pushed to perform towards. Uh -huh. so, so I'm just trying to understand that. Uh, well, there's, there's a saying that, uh, you, you know, you may have noticed in the book that uh, there are these sort of universal sayings about business that, and the most important one is, I think it's number six, which is you got to want to. Basically, for people to really do something and to be the best that they can be, they have to want to do that. And the great game business is really about you know, creating a company that is filled with people who, in fact, want to, they all want to achieve the same thing. You know, it's very hard for me to imagine someone taking a job who doesn't want to do the job. In other words, if you, if you take the job, you know, and to support your family, let's say, or to put food on the table, whatever it is, that's fine. But that only takes you so far. Ultimately, when you're doing something, whatever the job may be, in terms of the veterinarian business, for example, the people who, who want to do a good job, they, they want to feel that they are making a contribution. And the question is, the problem that we have with most businesses that are not open book is that that really prevents everybody else in the business from really knowing what they're doing and why they're doing it. Why, why, why did they get hired in the first place? You know, and what's going to constitute success? You know, there are many, many companies in the world, not just in the Soviet Union, uh, but throughout capitalist countries as well, where people are not given that opportunity to really see how they're making a difference. And that is what businesses that do that are doing. They're wasting the most valuable resource that they have, which is the intelligence of the people who work in the business. And you can run a business that way, but you're wasting the factor that will make you the most successful in that business. That's that's a great point. I mean, that's something that we should probably make t-shirts of that. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and do those, I, you know, I, I want to, I'd love to keep going with you here for a few hours because I <laughs> some things, some great stuff for us to learn. And a lot of the things that you're talking about are things that you've brought into your different books that you've written. And we'll make sure that we have all of those written up in the show notes, but I believe you have a, perhaps a new book that you're working on that we wanted to get the, the word out there for folks that want to learn more about what you have going on. Well, I, I have a handicap in that I don't have a name for the book yet. I can tell you what the book's okay. about. The book's almost all written, but it often happens that the last thing I come up with when I write a book is the name. Uh, I mean, Small Giants, for example, I wrote the whole book without talking about Small Giants because I didn't have the concept, I didn't have the name, and it was only at the very end where the publisher said, we've got to have a name for this book. And 
I said, oh, yeah, okay. Well, so I asked actually the people who I'd written about in Small Giants if they could help me to come up with a title. And one of them, who is very good and who I rely on all the time for titles because he's so good at it, a guy named Jay Goltz, at the very end, he said, well, you're talking about these companies that want to be the best in the world at what they do, but they don't necessarily want to be the biggest in the world. So in fact, they're small. They may be small, but they're giants. Uh, and what about that, small giants? And I said, oh, that's a great idea. So I, I talked to my publisher and the publisher loved it. So that's just a long-winded way of saying that I'm actually working on a book and almost done with, I still don't have a title for it, but it's basically the story of a person who had a very interesting journey. This is about really the journey to Evergreen. It's the journey from Silicon Valley to Evergreen. And that's what the book's gonna be about. That's going to be great. Well, I know, I know we're definitely going to want to read it and we'll, what we'll be sure to do is keep in touch with you as it comes out and uh, make sure we push a, an update to everyone on, on the title and get all of that going. And yeah. again, this has been, this has been wonderful. You know, we, Ivan and I always enjoy, we, we geek out over a lot of the, the different books that people read. And, and I know a lot of what you've written has been well-received by uh, people. And it's one of those ones that when you tell someone you're reading, one of your books, it's uh, it's sort of a carry-on effect of a lot of people saying, oh, I read that. Oh, I should try this. And have you read this? So <laughs> it's been really cool. And I, I hope that you're, I would imagine you're very proud of the work that you put out there because it's been very well received and very, very cool to, to dive into. So thank you for joining us. This has been wonderful. Thank you for your time. And uh, we'll have the show notes with all of your books and the new book coming soon. Very good. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to Consolidate That. If you want to hear our new episodes, please find us on any podcast platform. Also, you can learn more about us on our website at galaxyvets.com.